Hello, everyone. Welcome to Robinson 4215, where we'll hear where here's true stories about life from the Robinson family. I'm your host, Jordan Robinson, and I'm here with my father, Daryl Robinson. And I'll be asking him a few questions to discover more about his true his life, his life story, and personal experiences. All right. That was my first take on that. Uh-huh. All right. All right. Well, yeah, I thought it was thought it was okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So the first question is about your life. Where were you born? I was born in Detroit, Michigan, at Herman Keeper Hospital in October uh, 1958. It was a nice day. I remember that like it was yesterday, even though I was in my <laughs> mother's womb. No stuff. No stuff. I actually remember that day. Because after I came out my mother's uh, 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 womb, uh, I remember seeing this doctor. He had glasses on, and and he was he was holding, but I was helpless. And when he smacked me, and, and I started crying, I looked at him like, you know, what the what kind of bullshit is this? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I remember that day because when we went home, it was nice. Sunny, a little cloudy, and the wind was blowing just slightly. And then my mother tucked me in a blanket. We went home. I remember that day. Wow. Wow. Okay. Were you uh, raised in Detroit? Born and raised on the... uh, Detroit has supposedly four sides. You got the east, west, north, and south, right? Um, The east side... Older, is 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 more. Uh, they're trying to build it back up. The west side was more prominent at the time, but you know uh, they kind of be decimated it. And then you had Delray, which is the south side, but that's near the docks and the the oil refineries. And then you got the, the uh, north side, where it's near the suburbs. And the houses are nice, but yeah, I was born on the west side, and it was totally different than it is now. Because uh, growing up back then, uh, if you can imagine, every vacant building house you see in Detroit right now, empty lot, uh, abandoned uh, warehouse, they were all occupied and humming and working. Mm. That's the Detroit I came from. Every You could have three jobs. Wow. And, and uh, the economy was just booming. And and if you were, if you didn't have hangups with color and and being an American, to understand where you fit in, where you get in, um, the world was your oyster. Hmm. And what year were you born again? I was born in '58. '58. Okay. Did but I have... remember. Go, Go ahead. ahead. I just remember it like it was yesterday because. Uh, um, Two years old, I was listening to music, and and um, uh, what's his name? Barrett Strong made a song called "I Want Money," and that's the first song I heard that I could understand the beat. And I was two years old, and the song had only been out for a year, but I knew I loved music, and 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 music was sort of like therapy for me, you know. Depending on what had been happening in your life, 
certain songs would come to mind and I would, you know, re relate to that and depend on the mood or the, the event. I was e either excited or depressed, but uh, growing up was different than totally different, but we get to that. Okay. Uh, my next question is, uh, you have brothers and sisters, right? I have a younger brother and a younger sister, three and four years younger than me, respectively. And uh, I want to bulge your names because they probably won't approve of me blabbing on the radio or podcasts or the internet who they are without me, you know, conversing with them first. That's just out of respect. Yeah, I have a sister and a brother. My sister's uh, three years younger. My brother's four years younger. Okay. And can you give the first names at least? Kim is my sister and Kevin is my brother. Okay. And uh, so you don't want to speak too much about them, but uh, were you guys close as kids? Yeah, we were close. We were We were close. After my brother was born, because uh, again, I was three years before my sister, so I was sort of like spoiled rotten, got my way, you know, uh, spoiled, whatever. And then my sister came in uh, when she was born. I didn't know if she was the, you know, uh, the Antichrist or, you know, somebody hogging the, the show. I just didn't understand at three years old where she came from. And and uh, it took me a while to adjust to her. I didn't hate her. It's just she was getting in on my action. <laughs> okay. Do you keep up with them today? I keep up with them, uh, my brother on a regular basis. We talk periodically, you know, once a week, twice a week, because he's got a family and a job, and and uh, he's running his own business and. Uh, you know, I, I understand because uh, when he was going to school, I had a family, and I did the same thing way back when. But uh, yeah, we stay we stay in touch. My sister, we only talk on birthdays. Okay. She calls me on mine, and I call on hers. I don't get the concept, but that's how it is. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right then. Um, what about your family? Your your parents, like mother and father. Well, I talk to my parents, uh, if not daily, every other day, and uh, we get along great. At one time, we didn't, but that was then. This is now. Um, you know, you get older, you grow, and you you learn to let go and forgive. I mean, there's nothing uh, more tragic than to relive the past and never grow and aspire to be something that you want to be, even though you might not be given the opportunities or presented the opportunities in a way you thought it should have been. It gets confusing, but I can explain. Okay. Go ahead. Um, I grew up in Detroit on the west side. My mother and father both worked for the city of Detroit. My father was a cop. My mother worked for the Board of Assessors. So we were considered a middle-class family, Okay. Okay. But when I went to school, that title meant nothing because the kids I went to school with, they were uh, 
their, some of their parents might work, they might not have worked. Some of them were criminals and 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 bums and and hustlers and drug dealers, and going to school and and seeing these different uh, uh, occupations or or these parents' roles. I thought my father being a police officer was uh, hindering their progress. Hmm. <laughs> I didn't I didn't get the crime concept because it wasn't affecting me. I see money being made out there, you know, committing whatever, but it wasn't like somebody knocked you upside the head, took your dollars and ran off and you had to, you know, live in fear the next day thinking he'd come back. No. But it it was it was sort of simple like that too, because certain neighborhoods you go in, if you didn't know anybody, you could get jacked. Just because you, you're not from that part of town. Interesting. I mean, I guess things are somewhat different, maybe. I don't know. Oh, drastically different. If, <laughs> if, let's say, let's go back 60 years ago. Okay, 60 years ago, I was what? Two years old. And um, my father was a new police officer then. He was working for Chrysler uh, Assembly on Ford Road or Wyoming. It used to be a glass plant on Ford Road in Wyoming. It was a Chrysler uh, glass plant. And they made all the windshields and the glass for the cars. Well, he worked there. And when, when he worked there, uh, when he would get off, you know, we would go home, eat dinner, my mother and I. And and uh, and then after dinner, my father would take us for a ride around the city, you know, because we didn't have air conditioning in the cars back then, and we didn't have color TVs and cable and and these internet and smartphones. None of that exists. It's either your imagination or you look at uh, a snowflake on TV. Because after twelve o'clock, there was no TV. Okay. I think uh, I think I recall seeing some hit things about that uh, somewhere along the line. Like I've seen an article about that, but um, yeah, no, that's yeah, that's definitely different. Um, oh yeah, it was different because we only had three TV stations: ABC, CBS, and NBC. That's it. If you wanted uh, CNN and and ESPN, they don't exist yet. That's thirty, forty years later. But you only had three TV stations, ABC, NBC, and CBS. Okay. And and it was, you know, that was that was the way of life. It was you accepted it. And and people weren't, they still weren't that smart. I mean, you could throw them a bucket of information, only five percent would get it, and other ninety-five percent look at it like, what does that have to do with me? Because people don't care about information. They 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 only listen to what they want to hear and don't want to hear what they should listen to. I see. What about a? That's my experience. What about? A, I'll ask you another family question. Um, what about your grandparents? Did you know them? Oh yeah, my grandfather on both my mother and father's side uh, were my best my best buddies because I would hang with them on the weekends. My grandmother on my father's side, she died the year I was born. But my grandmother on my mother's side, she was still alive, but she worked. She worked for the uh, Statler Hotel downtown. And um, uh, I would spend days 
when my mother worked downtown, we used to spend most of our time at our grandparents' house. So I, I had a lot of interaction with my grand, grandfather and grandmother on my mother's side. And, and on my father's side, my grandfather, he used to fix cars. And I used to love going with him because he'd take me all over the city. And he'd do things like if your car broke down and it's 8 o'clock at night and, and it looks a little scurvy in the neighborhood, he still offered to fix your car. That's the kind of man he was. And that's why I wasn't intimidated by the streets. I, my grandfather is out here he's in his 60s. I'm only 10 years old, and nobody's messing with him, but that would change, too. So, mm. Yeah, I had a good relationship with my grandparents. Do you recall their names? Uh, my mother's father and mother's name were Pearl and Benny. Now, my uh, father's, um, my my father, my grandfather, his name was Abel on my father's side. Okay. And and uh, you know we we were like if I wasn't hanging with one, I was hanging with the other one. Okay. Um, and did they tell you much about our family history, them specifically? Yes and no, but you you gotta understand I'm a I'm a ten year old kid. I just experienced a riot. The World Series, the Tigers won the World Series the next year. Went through a riot where they decimated Detroit in sixty seven. A few assassinations all within the span of four years. Malcolm X in sixty five, uh uh MLK in sixty eight, Bobby Kennedy. 68 uh, some black panthers uh it was it was it was wild yeah it it was something else but uh it was different and and um i was going through stuff both emotionally cuz you're growing and and you're trying to figure out where you fit in and and not really getting a lot of feedback from my father cuz he's playing police out there in the city I'm, my mother works nine to five. She got three kids to take care of. So asking her questions, asking her questions, that's that's a new point because she's busy. My father's not there. So I would go to my grandparents and ask them why things were like they were. Hmm. And they were beneficial because of, uh, even though Detroit seems segregated and and you know, whites didn't really congregate with a lot of blacks back then. Uh, my grandfather never prophesied about hatred or discrimination or prejudice. He never spoke it. If anything, uh, the world was great to him, and, and he was glad to be a service. You know, helping people out and feeling good about himself. I didn't understand it because I thought he was doing it for basically for free. And should charge more money, but money wasn't as prevalent back then as it is now. I mean, if you got ten dollars in your pocket, okay, you can catch the bus, go get McDonald's, and all that kind of stuff. But back then, if you had a dollar in '68, '70, and I was I was ten, twelve years old, you could go to McDonald's and get three burgers. A small cry and a drink, and they give you change back for your dollar. <laughs> wow! So if you want to quake, you know, 
what times to live in, that was the time to live back then because a dollar was worth more. Now it's not worth anything. I mean, well, let's say it's worth 18 cents. Mm. You got $10 or a dollar that's worth 18 cents. So you got a dollar eight in your pocket, even though you got $10 in your pocket. You really can't buy too much of nothing. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, so you're really good with math, clearly, right? So I ain't no mathematician, but you know I can put two and two together equal four. <laughs> well, that's that's true. I just remember, you know, all my experiences with you. Like you were always really good with coming up with numbers, real quick. So, well, you had to because if you're taking care of five kids, two women, and one of your cousin, the other one's your girlfriend. You gotta move quick, cause them little mouths to feed can be little, little aggravating. Yeah. But it, I enjoyed it because I like being around family. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the situations, uh, situations now, they're no different than they were forty, fifty years ago. You mean with family? You in a situation? You, well, you, you're in a situation, okay? All right? Uh-huh. Uh, when you're underage, you can't work until you're 14. So if you're underage, you rely basically on your parents to take care of you, okay? That makes sense. Uh-huh. But if your parents are not giving you allowance for cutting the grass and 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 uh, you're going to school and you're trying to assimilate with, you know, the kids there because they can be mean and, and sensitive about how you look and how you talk and and all that kind of stuff, it can have a, a profound impact on your psyche. You will question your your ability to, to assimilate, uh, uh, you know, associate, and and fit in. And and I seen this as I was growing up, even though I was young, and I looked young for my age. I I was light years ahead of my age because. My father put me on punishment because I got bad grades in school. So I only had three choices, watch my mother cook or read a book or uh, stay in my room. Yeah, what you I read books. What'd you do? I read books and watched my mother cook. Hmm. Yeah, that went on from what? What? Until like from six up to 13, 14. Because every, uh, every year I go to school, I was making new friends. Now, I didn't say I was the best person in judging character, but they were cool with me, and I was cool with them, you know? Okay. My father being a, being a police officer and me being as young as I was, because he got on the force when I was five. Now, up until five, we used to hang like wet rags on the line, okay? Go to Bellows, Pablo to the park, White Castle, Big Boys, all that kind of stuff, the fireworks. But after he joined that police department, all bets off. He don't even know me. He's so preoccupied with being a police officer, he forgot he had a family. Mm. Now, if he were on the phone to defend himself, uh, it'd be interesting to listen to his excuse, uh, his reason or opinion because I never asked him that, but that's how I felt. I felt like, you know, he just abandoned me, and I had to 
talk to other people to learn how to, you know, grow up. I see. And it, I mean, was there any, like, great stories, like, like awesome stories about Grandpa that you recall? Oh, yeah. Uh, he joined the police department, and, and uh, he did a good, he, he's doing a great job. He never got shot, never had to shoot anybody, and, and uh, he was a police. He'll talk to you before he hurt you. That 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 to me that took a lot of gumption, but I had to. It took me a couple of years to figure that one out. But yeah, he'll talk to you before he hurts you. And uh, the one thing I remember is like back in eighty eighty one, I'm working at General Motors at Fisher Body. I'm I'm a detailer there. I just got hired in seventy uh, nine, and it's like eighty eighty one. I'm I'm in the bathroom stall because you know. That's what you did back then. You grab the paper, go into the bathroom stall, read it, maybe get a couple of Z's, then go about your business, go back to work. So I'm in the stall. I got the front page. My checker, you know, let me use it. And I get in the stall. I sit there. I open up the paper. I'm looking at my father in the headlines. Wow. That must have been awesome. Him and two. Well... I didn't know. I, you know, I was trying to figure out. So, okay, now what did he do? How did he do this? Because it's him and two guys hanging out in one of trying to breathe air while the building's on fire. Smoke just billowing out the window. So they're like 12, 12 floors from the from the um, from the street. So some people actually jump. I don't know if they live, but some people actually jump. But him and those two guys they had to wait for the fire department and. Uh, he told me uh, later on that that was the first time he was actually scared. And and for him to say that to me, I would think it would be other events that would scare him more because the riots, uh, the, the, uh, the the Black Panthers and uh, the Aryan Brothers and the SLA and, 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 and uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on in the 60s. And I would have thought that would have affected him more. But no. He said 20 and 80, 81. That's when he was scared. Hmm. But yeah, that was, uh, that was one, one time I remember doing something, uh, that he normally does being a police officer. And that's how you came to the story about what happened was by reading a newspaper. That's how I came to the story. He didn't call me cause he, he's got that pride in himself. And I guess, you know, I can understand that, but no, he didn't call me. I had to call him though. Mm. But he was busy, of course. Right. But you know, that's that's what I remember. The good things, the bad things. Uh, <laughs> uh, we won't. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but what about Grandma? Like, what are some some great stories you recall of her? Uh, uh, let's see. Um, uh, that's rough, boss. You really pushed the envelope <laughs> on that one. See, my mother, she she's my mother worked and took care of kids and 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 visited her mother and father, and that was her life. She didn't go to bars. She didn't go out. She didn't go clubbing. Go to concerts. Uh, she just a homebody. So, if anything, 
I could say nice is uh, when I was seven, eight years old, uh, the man on the corners uh, <laughs> down the street from us, and he was he was retired, and he had a garage full of anything to tell me. He had hot wells, uh, Barbie dolls, uh, the accessories, uh, anything to tell me. He had it, and I was blown away because he said I could have my pick of the litter. Now you got to remember, this is a elderly white man living on the on the block that my parents just moved to on 65. We were the first black family on that street in 65. And it wasn't like it was black families all over. It didn't, black families didn't show up until five years later. Hmm. And, and uh, your neighbors are what, what they are. They were their neighbors. You might not know them, but they know you. But you're a kid, so why would you bother with that? That's not important. You're just trying to be a kid. Have fun. Yeah. You know? Enjoy the sun. Go out, play baseball, basketball, uh, football, uh, uh, go swimming at the wreck, uh, hanging out with your buddies, you know, doing a little managed stuff, getting into trouble, trying to figure out what this life is about. Yeah. But that was the only thing my mother did that I liked. She actually told the man he could have a couple. I wanted the box of GI Joes. I wanted to be the envy of the of the city. So wherever I went, over my cousin's house, my friend's house, I got all the GI Joes. Hmm. Do you still have them? No, she threw them away. <laughs> oh. That's the nice part. Not that she threw them away, but that's the nicest she, you know, as far as showing me something. Okay. She did let me uh, do that. Well, that's nice. Um, so what about, I don't know, you said you didn't want to speak much about your brother and sister, but if you wanted to, was there any kind of like really good, awesome stories about them that you recall? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, when we were young and um, uh, I used to have to babysit them because my parents went to work, we had fun. We played in the alley in the house. In the furniture, uh, uh, play games, sing songs, listen a lot of uh, Motown, and imitate the the, the bands, whether the Temptations, the Supremes, or or uh, Smokey or Marvin. We just loved we just loved music. We were musically inclined, and and I say that because uh, uh, it was it was like. It was sort of therapeutic because it wasn't really a lot to do back in back in the sixties. All you could do is basically <laughs> do what they let you do, which was nothing. Oh. So yeah, we got along great. Me and my brother was we're like partners in crime. You know, my mother used, like I said, used to take us to the bakery and to the Eastern Market on Saturdays. Well, we used to go to the Wonder Bakery, which is now Motor City Casino, right? And you could smell the bread. And, and they had this little, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, the, the store, you know? And what normally cost at the store, cost, if you bought a 
pack of Twinkies that cost a quarter at the store. But at the um, warehouse, you can get them for like eight cents. Hmm. So me and my brother would save our little coins together, you know, cutting grass or whatever, and maybe have about $10, $20 worth. And we just pile it on. I mean, when my mother wasn't looking, we'd get in our own thing. We had a bag full of Twinkies, Susie Q's, cupcakes, you name it, we had it. Apple pies, you name it, we had it. And she didn't know we had bought it because, again, we're just kids. We're not supposed to have money. But um, um, after we got the stuff and 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 took the groceries in the house and, and put them up, because that's what you had to do. You bring the groceries in the house and you put them up and you clean up. Then you can go out and play. Now, I do when I feel like it, because that'll get your mom pop. <laughs> and believe me, I did not like getting my mom pop. I just did what I was supposed to do, be a good soldier, and go about your business. So we, with that said, uh, we snuck the bag of uh, 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 pastries upstairs, and we threw them under the bed, right? So at night, or if we didn't feel like eating liver or 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 uh, stewed tomatoes or 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 uh, 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 what I say liver oh this disgusting me disgusting well when she cooked that we didn't feel like eating we sort of go like on a food strike and my mother not knowing any better would say go to your room and come down when you want to finish eating your dinner well that was green light for me and my, my brother up there to pig out. So before we went upstairs, we always asked, can we have a glass of milk? <laughs> and, and my mother, it wouldn't even dawn on my mother why we wanted a glass of milk. But we, we hadn't eaten anything, but we wanted a glass of milk. She gave us the glass of milk, and we go upstairs. And, and we parted like it's 1999. And, and later on, about 8 o'clock, eight you know, she'd come upstairs and you know, we finished the glass of milk. We're sitting in our bunk beds and watching TV. And she's like, y'all not hungry? No, not really, <laughs> no. And she takes the glasses downstairs, and that was it. Well, to make a long story short, eventually we got caught. The jig was up. She cleaned, uh, she cleaned the house uh, on the weekends, too. So the next Saturday when she was cleaning our bedroom and she's seen all those wrappers under the bed, Needless to say, I got my ass kicked. I took a hit from took took the hit for the team. Cause my brother, he was only seven, I was ten, and uh, you know I wasn't gonna let anybody hurt my brother. Hmm. And uh, I took one for the team. So I see. What about what about Kim? Uh, Kim, she was different. Kim wanted to be like me, and I'm a, I'm an older brother. And that I could not concept because I'm a boy, she's a girl. And and she couldn't bench press 200 pounds if you gave her a, a, a machine. And she couldn't run faster than me. She didn't play sports, but she still wanted to be like me, which beyond me, I, 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 I didn't get that concept. But uh, she was always competing against me. And, and uh, I never got that because... She was three years younger than me. What? Why is she compete? But she thought she could. She was my equal, which you know it tickled me because you know everybody knows uh, boys are stronger than girls, and girls are more emotional than boys. And 
but I don't know what she was doing. I, I think she's going through a tomboy phase. Who hmm. knows? Well, do you have like a favorite memory of hanging out with your sister? Uh, yeah. Well, it wasn't no favorite, but it was it's a memory. Oh, okay. Well, I tell you this. Like I said, when I was ten, my brother was seven. My sister, no, my sister was seven. My brother was six, and and uh, I used to I had a stingray bite, and what I would do I take my sister on the handlebars, my brother on the back seat, and we ride across the the busy street to the drugstore in the corner, and you know buy candy or whatever we did at that time, candy, comic books, whatever. And uh, anyway, we're coming back, and my father, who I don't know. The man was a ghost because he just <laughs> pop up anywhere. Saw us crossing the street on the bike, went ballistic and kicked my ass. And I mean, I got my ass kicked that day. But I thought I was doing something good for my sister and brother. Not understanding that I could have get hit, hit by a car with them in and wiped the family out. No, I did not think like that. No, I wasn't that deaf. Yes, I realized what I was doing and I was real careful about it. But that reason it mean jack shit to my father because he'd seen his family about to get wiped out because I was on a bike and uh, uh, riding across a busy street. Mm. But you guys were just go ahead. But we we were we were close. The, my sister and brother we were close then. But as time went on, uh, I started analyzing different than they did about life because I seem to be getting in more trouble than they did and I had to try to understand why am I being inflicted with all this violence and here they're on the scale. Not that I want them hurt, but I'm trying to understand why I want to go through this. And and uh, I started thinking differently. I started to think more, you know, uh, diabolically, you know, uh, uh, more more shady, more more sinister, you know. I was I was getting bad vibes and had bad energy, so I had to understand what was going on, but I didn't. You're ten years old. What does a ten year old kid know? Not a lot. Yeah. Um. It seems like uh, you were learning quite a bit, though, with all the books you were reading. You seem to have a lot more experience, or like. You've experienced a lot of stuff by oh. that time. Is that? Oh yeah, like like I said, between six and and uh, fourteen, I was on punishment, and I knew I was going to be on punishment. So when summer school or, or uh, the summer came, end of school year, and I had my report card. Because back then they used to give you a copy; they give you an actual report card. It, it had their grades on it. The teachers teacher's name, the grades, and how long you attended school, and blah, 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 blah. And my report card was, you might as well call me Double D, because that's all I had was Ds. My brother had straight A's. My sister had A's and B's. I was just C and D. I didn't really care. I mean, yeah, I understand what you're doing, but how does this pertain to right now? Because learn about the Civil War in 19... 66. I, I don't get the, the correlation. 
<laughs> Why am I reading this crap? That was me. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so you didn't really care for school specifically. Like, was there any any class that you did care about? I like school. School to me was great, but it was boring. I mean, they were slow as molasses rolling down a tree. And to me, that, come on, can we pick it up? You know, let's pick it up. Because I, I read my assignments, but you got to remember, it's 30 kids mm-hmm. in the class, okay? Five of them can read. Ten of them are slow, right? What's that leave? Fifteen more? Much. Right? And then another five really can't read. And then the ten, ten of them don't care. So, so guess what kind of PD have in class? None. Slows the whole process. That's what was boring about school. You got to wait for everybody to catch on and before you can move on. And I thought that was sort of asinine backwards. You know, if you slow and you take the short bus to school wearing a helmet, okay, you go to this class over here. The real, you know, other normal kids, they go to class over here. Well, some of those people in my class should have been going to that short bus, that short class. Because I couldn't understand their concept of reason, you know. They don't know how to spell, don't know how to pronounce, don't know the definition, don't know the terminology. Kill it. You're killing me, man. Really? You don't understand what that means? I don't know if it's a verb or now. What the... Side. But those are the kind of people I went to school with. So, yeah. School was fun. Chasing the girls, making money, hanging with my buddies, um, stealing my mother's car in <laughs> high school. Yeah, that was school was fun. You stole your mom's car? Oh, it's, oh, let's see. I started stealing my mother's car when I was about 11 wow. years old. And uh, it was in a two-car garage. We had a two-car garage. It wasn't Electronic, you had to lift it by hand. But back in the day, you didn't you didn't close your door because crime was not existent. I mean, it existed, but the old man being a cop in the neighborhood, everybody respected him. If you robbed a bank, you make sure you didn't stay within three blocks from the city of my father because he was that kind of police. People come to him, tell him, you know my my nephew's selling drugs around the corner and blah, 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 blah. And my father, you know, he would listen, but then he act like, you know, hey, don't bother me. I'm, I'm, I'm off duty. But as soon as you go back to police, uh, back to work on the police, man, they ain't raised that block. You thought uh, Lebanon was being invaded. Hmm. And and uh, not getting off subject, but I had to, I had to, you know, watch my old man because he was, he's getting a little diabolical too, because he was catching me when I thought I was getting away with something. I, I had to stop. Wait a minute, how did he catch me? I thought I figured everything out. He's right there like a ghost. <laughs> wow. But what, what did you say? I, I got off the subject. Oh no, I just, uh, I forgot what I said. <laughs> I think I. Some somebody I did have fun in school, but you know when I stole my mother's car, uh, that was a that was a mission impossible itself because um, first I had to wait for both of them to sleep, and then check to see if their bedroom window come in the summertime. They leave their windows open, so you couldn't start the car in the garage like a knucklehead. You had to push the car down the driveway, 
and then started just as you got to the street. And 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 uh, I remember the first night I stole the car. I was 11 years old. We going to get my buddy. We going over to some young girl's house and impress her that you know we're grown. And uh, I'm driving through this puddle of water, and I didn't know, you know, when you drove through a puddle of water in the car back then, if the uh, if the uh, distributor cap got wet, the car wouldn't start. And I went through that pole and the car stopped and I was like, oh, I almost pissed on myself because I knew three things were going to happen. One, I'm going to walk home. Two, my parents are going to wake up the next morning see the car gone. And three, the police are going to come in and impound uh, uh, the car because it's just abandoned. So right there, I was ready to peel myself, you know. So some said, calm down, relax, calm down, calm down. What 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 you going to say? Cause see, my grandfather taught me a lot about cars, so I had to go through my memory banks and and flip through my subconscious, and and then it it hit me. Bam! Grandpa says when the distributor cap gets wet, you got to wait till it dries. So that's what I did. I sat there about five, three, three to five minutes, waited. I started the car. Car started right up. Now normally. You should go back home, right? Because you don't know if something else is going to happen. No, nope, I'm a dumbass. I got to keep going. So I kept going. I, you know, started the car, went on to do oh, what I had to do. Picked up my buddy. <laughs> I was 11 years old. And and and, uh, and uh, uh, did my thing. Come back. Now, the trick to getting the car back into the garage, <laughs> was, you had to speed up and then cut the car off and not go through the garage. That that was that was <laughs> math. Because if they heard, I mean, they could hear the car, but they slept so hard because they were working so hard. They didn't hear the car go back into the garage. I went back in the house. What, one o'clock in the morning, whatever time it was, went back to sleep, got ready to school the next day yeah, to do my time. I didn't get caught until I, nah, I got wow. caught when I was 14. Got caught twice. <laughs> twice. Yeah. I'm like, damn, Gerald, can you be uh, more of a dumbass? You get caught <laughs> twice. The first time, the first time, me and my buddy Low, partner in crime, Took the car to school. Went junior high, junior high or high school? I forgot. I think it was junior high. No, it was high school. Yeah, we were in high school there, and uh, you know, we hanging out, going to the parks and chasing skirts, going to Cast Tech and chasing the girls at Redford and Cooley and and Mumford and and all that kind of stuff, and having a big fun, smoking weed and. You know, not 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 really drinking yet, but we were drinking the the twenty uh, twenty Mad Dog twenty twenty, or maybe you have a a, a a signature beer, something like that. But we were doing that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, we ain't supposed to drink. No, we ain't supposed to smoke. Yeah, the world ain't square, so you know, get a clue. We did what we wanted to do. So we go back to the house because we, we told these girls we're going to go to the park, go to River Rouge Park, Bell House Park, whatever. 
And and uh, so me and Lo come back to my my mother's house, and we didn't pull all the way in the driveway. We just you know pulled in the front. Went in, you know, I throw some cologne, another shirt because it's hot. Throw another shirt on, and then get ready to bail. We get get done, get in the car, getting ready to leave. Now I look both ways down the street. Ain't no cars. Get in the car, start up, look in the rearview mirror. Who's behind me? In an <laughs> unmarked police car. Okay, so low, being that it's my old man, he ducks down like, you know, he didn't see him. And me, I just sat there. I just knew, okay, my ass is grass. You know, what's going to happen now? So I get out the car. My father's got a partner in the car. He sees Lowe's um, in the car. He tells Lowe, go home. So Lowe's got to run home. He, he's got a half a mile to run. And me, he proceeded to kick my ass, give me all kinds of body blows and trying to bust me in the face. I had to block the face. <laughs> Too pretty to hurt the face. Now I'll take a hit, I'll take a lump, I'll take a lump on the leg. You can even break the <laughs> arm, but you can't hit the face. I, I allow that. And I dare not swing back at him because I'm telling you, if, if it was somebody in the street, I'd have caught him already because I was left-handed. I would have caught him already. I know I would have. I didn't hit him, and I just protected the face. So I had this partner said, okay, that's enough. Then my father told me to go upstairs, clean up, and get ready to go to school. Now, I, I got a bloody nose, and 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 uh, I don't feel like going to school. Now I got to catch a bus back to school and be demoralized for the rest of the day. Wow. Oh, the second part, the, the second part when I got caught, all right, that happened. So now they hip to me. Well, anyway, I still, you know, still, still in the car, you know, because I got a set of keys made. They didn't think past that. And uh, I got the keys made. So I'm still taking the car. My mother, she catches the bus. And, you know, she catches the bus to go to work and come back home. Well, when she comes back home, she normally starts dinner. When she starts dinner, you know, we're normally out and about playing. So I, I come home. I beat my mother home because I know what time she gets off. And I parked the car. And I'm sitting in the living room watching TV. Nothing special. Just, you know, I don't know what possessed me to stay in the house. But some say, you better not leave. So I stay in the house watching TV. My mother comes in, hey, hi, mom, blah, 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 right? My mother goes in the bedroom, comes out with her keys in her hand and her purse. I know she's about to go in her car. So I tell my mother, hey, if you want, want me to get something at the store, I'll go, because I was headed to the store anyway. No, she don't know what she wants. She'll figure it out when she gets there. I should have knew then the jig was up. She goes to her car, starts it, cuts it off, comes back in the house. I'm sitting there watching TV. She walks up to me. She said, you've been, you been driving my car again. What am I supposed to say? No, because it takes a long time for the car to start at the beginning. It, and she knew that. I knew that. I didn't give her enough time to cool down. The car started right away. She knew right then I drove her car. So the jig is up. She said, well, I'm going to tell your father. Okay. We already went through one episode. Now I got to go through another episode. 
So my father comes home thinking, okay, this is this is gonna be real bad. And uh she tells him and and you know, he's looking at me like, you know, I stole something from his, you know, from from him personally, but it's just a car. And uh we go upstairs, I'm thinking, damn, I'm told to be getting my ass whipped. And and that's what I'm thinking. So he we go upstairs and he talks to me, he says, you just a, you just a hard as mother MF, right? And and he'll say he didn't cuff, but he did that time. And uh, I said, no. He said, yes, you are. Yes, you are, because I just I just whipped your ass. But still in the car, you do it again. That tells me two things: you don't care, or you just you just don't don't have no respect for your parent. Oh man, he put me in a trick bag like that. I'm through. So I said, yeah, I don't care. And when I said that, my father looked at me and he said, you know what? I'm not going to whip your ass. So I'm, I'm going to let you hang yourself because, you, you know, I just, I can't figure you out. I put you on punishment. You still act up. You, you, you hang around bad people. Uh, you, you, you always got money in your pocket and you're smoking weed. And I don't, I don't, I'm going to just let you go. Come up, I just assume if you smoke the joint, you're a junkie. And it's just a matter of time before I turn myself out and end up in jail or dead. That's That was his mm. concept to me. And for me to think that my father would think I was that weak to be a junkie, it hurt me more psychological because he didn't really know me. I mean, yeah, we look alike. We we act alike, but we're not alike. And uh, after that, I was I was a Taliban. I was a terrorist there. You couldn't tell me nothing. I did whatever I wanted to do. Because he back stuff. Your neighbors would. Your neighbors. You could be. I don't care. Five miles away. If somebody on that block that knows somebody. They know somebody that knows you. And the word will get back to your parents if you did something. And that's how Detroit used to be. It used to be that small. Because if you did something on the other side of town, before you got back mm-hmm. to the west side, they already knew. And you, you just had to be careful what you did because neighborhoods were, were much more closer than they are now. I ain't talking about just the block. Five blocks this way, five blocks that way, left, right, north, south. Everybody knew each other, and that was that was the norm. So if I did something thinking I was getting away, and before I get home for dinner, my mother would find out, mm. my ass was grass. But uh, it wasn't all. It wasn't all. It wasn't all you know, uh, depression and, and negative, I had fun. I knew, I knew how to hustle. I made money. And, and and even though I was, like I said, 10, 11 years old, I had a paper out at eight and and, and uh, uh, worked for uh, Romel Cating, pump gas, cut grass, cleaned out gutters, uh, uh, walked dogs, uh, helped old ladies clean up their gardens. It was ways to make money, and and 
you know, back then, you know, old people wanted your company because uh, you didn't mess with old people. That was just, that was a given, you know. You respect them because they put in the time and, and they're enjoying the rest of their lives. And that's what you did when you were a kid. You don't go messing with some old lady because she lived by herself or messing with the old man because he he's frail and he's walking with a walking. No, you respect him. You you help that person. You know, you look out for that person. And and that's what's different now. These kids have no morals, no values, nothing. We were we weren't like that growing yeah. up. That is that is very true. I mean, things have definitely changed in the instance, not so much for the better. I mean, especially for kids, you know, like the the stories you hear, you know, that kind of stuff. But um, I think we'll definitely talk more about things like that on the next episode. So, but uh, I think this is a great first run, first first podcast for us to do, and um, yeah, I want to just thank you for. You know, spending time answering a few questions about your life, and uh, I want to thank everybody that's listening for their time uh, with Robinson forty two fifteen, and make sure you listen in to the next next podcast where we're going to talk about something else, some uh some other topic, uh, probably more about your your time abroad because yeah, I know you said you traveled ab- abroad, so we'll go ahead and talk about that next time. All right. So thank you. Thank you. Um, sure, no problem. We'll chat chat later. All right, see you guys. All right, be safe and uh, have a nice evening.